This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. here on previously on lost this is episode number 19 we are coming to the close the end the the we're we're near the end of the first season i can't believe we've gotten this far in the show and uh and this episode though is called do no harm and uh, i can't do this by myself because if i did it by myself as you could probably hear i'm still i'm a little sick but if I tried to do this by myself, I would harm everybody's ears with the way I sound and the coughing and everything else like that. So I have two people who hopefully will bail me out and give me some of their own negative blood so I can survive the rest of the evening I have with me. Uh, Corey, how's it going? Oh, it's going really well. I have plenty of blood to give you, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, here, here I am. Yeah, glad to be here. And uh, Steven, how about you? How are you going, man? Oh, it's going, it's going good, but I, like the majority of the people on the island, have absolutely no idea my blood type. Ooh. I actually know my blood type. I don't even and, know how you find that out. Like, I'm, I really don't. Well, when I donated blood to the Red Cross, they would they, they sent me a card, and they'll it'll ah. tell you what your blood type is. And um and and I'm I am not O neg I am O positive <laughs> myself so I am screwed because I have a very limited amount of ones that can help me so if I ever fall out of a plane and get crushed I'm stuck uh but we're gonna talk a little bit about that there's not really much network announcements but we are gonna go ahead and just go on into uh, a pretty emotional episode but very emotional about, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's look at kind of what happened before and uh, see where we are now. So, uh, previously on Lost, Locke and Boone debate whether to tell the others about the hatch they found, but Locke says they aren't ready to know yet. Locke finds a crashed beach craft and, uh, from a vision and tells Boone to climb to the canopy and see what's inside. Boone uses a radio inside to send out a distress signal, but the plane crashes down with him still inside. Locke carries Boone on his back to the caves, lying that he got hurt falling off the cliff. Jack asks for more information, but Locke has disappeared. How Locke-like. I know. (laughs) I love this episode for many Locke reasons we'll get into for sure. But tell us a little bit about this episode, Stephen. All right. This was Season 1, Episode 20. Uh, first aired April 6, 2005. It was directed by Stephen Williams and written by Janet Tomorrow. Um, as Boone's condition worsens, Jack struggles to s- try to save his life. Elsewhere, Claire enters labor but without Jack. Charlie and Kate, along with Jen, are forced into a role they had not prepared themselves for. Flashbacks in this episode take place around the events of Jack's wedding with Sarah. Yeah. All right. Corey, All right. you some episode facts for us. Oh yeah. So here's some facts about this episode. This is the first appearance in the series of Julie Bowen, 
who is uh, Jack's wife in this episode. Uh, the title is a portion of the Hippocratic Oath doctors take uh, vowing to, first and foremost, do no harm. And executive producer Damon Lindelof defended the decision to kill off Boone by saying it was crucial to the plot as it intensifies the show's core concept, conflict between straight arrow Jack and the more nefarious Locke. So that was his explanation there. Um, and this is the first episode to feature the death of a main character. Unlike later episodes Sorry. where the main character's death is often uh, abrupt or unexpected, most of the episode revolves around Jack's attempts to save Boone. So, you know, I would say, yeah, the episode makes you feel like you know, Boone will be saved in the end. And it's interesting because it because a lot of other episode episodes where characters die later on, you know, the whole episode it, like has flashbacks of their life and stuff. It, it, was, it was interesting. It's definitely a different delivery. But you thought, I think he might anyways yeah. those are the episode facts and uh it it's it's interesting you know, we talked a little bit about the emotions just a second ago but this episode had a lot of emotions you you, you you dealt with grief and you dealt with sorrow and you also dealt with joy at the same time um in the flashbacks and on the island at the end when you see claire having you know the baby finally so yeah, this is a this is a very emotional episode. I forgot how much played into it, <clears throat> which which next week's or next episode is going to be extremely. Um, it's like they're ramping up to the end of the next week's episode. So, uh, but let's talk about some episode moments. So, um, just one of the one of the episode moments that I had um, was Jack's through this whole episode. You see Jack's constant need to fix everything to the point where he even told son when son was helping that don't tell me what i can't do yeah he goes a little yeah, john Locke he... on her right there <laughs> yeah but he has a constant need to fix everything he he has to have the perfect vows he has to make sure his father comes he has to make sure um the wedding goes off without a hitch you know he fixed her no she fixed him and then he has to fix boone he has to uh, he he has to figure out how to deal with Claire. He has to give his own blood. So it's just it's just his constant need. You see this this compulsion that he has. He has to fix everything and 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 save everyone. It's like he feels like he has to save everyone. Well, I, I think we saw a little bit of that um, several episodes ago when Charlie was hanging from the tree. I think it's you know kind of a continuation of the Jack we've already seen. Um, yeah, that's who Jack is, for sure. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting how he Jack seems to have this compulsion when something's wrong. He he tells people he can fix. He's gonna fix it. Um, you know, he did that with Boone, and you know, we see it at other time. You know, that's basically what happened with his with his wife. Um, you know, when she comes into the ER, she's you know he says, "I'm gonna fix you," and then at least in you know, when that happens with her, he kind of seems like he surprised himself by saying that. Whereas Boone, I think he, you know, he believed he's gonna, he's gonna fix him. Yeah. yeah. What's cool about this episode is this one uh, mirrors the episode later, the, the season two uh, premiere was Man of Science, Man of Faith. And in that episode, yeah. 
the flashback is him and Sarah. And he he saved not Sarah. Sorry. Wait, Julie. <laughs> the actress's name is Sarah, right? Or no, who's? No, Julie Bowen. Hey, Julie. No, that's the name of the actress. Yeah. So he Sarah saves the is other his, girl yeah. ends up, and ends up kissing her. Um. Anyway, after he, he saves her. Yeah, he saves his. He saves her, and. Anyways, the point I wanted to bring up is he uses almost the same line of dialogue. You know, at the beginning of this episode, he he talks to Boone. He's like, I'm going to save you. He promises him, and then we, they revisit that again. But he does the same thing to Sarah in that flashback in season two. He says almost the exact same thing, and then or he does save her. But then, so it, it's funny if you, you know what's going to happen later. This is kind of a, a, a failure of like a previous fulfillment at yeah it was a very it was it was interesting to see jack and i don't even i don't even think he was truly even happy you know even because like the whole time i'm watching him as he's trying to prepare his 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 vows it's like he has to fix it and he's just not he's just he just doesn't seem like a happy person right there why is he trying to why he's I i don't know maybe that's just me um no, I totally agree. Actually, re-watching this, I was thinking about that a lot because I think when you first watch this episode, it's really easy to be unaware of Jack's uh, many issues. And like as the series develops, you start to really realize how messed up, you know, some of Jack's um, emotions and, and mental state really is. And then you see this, and you're like, oh wait, he is not happy. He does not want to get married. Like he's just doing this because he's he he's gonna fix something fix this part of his life i thought one of the most interesting lines was when christian says something like basically like commitment is the kind of the the ultimate what makes you tick yeah it's what makes you tick that's right and so basically he's saying like don't get married because you love your your wife or your fiance get married because commitment is what's important to you it's very I feel like it foreshadows the old failure there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, one of the other things that that um, that I had on there uh, was the rift between Locke and the rest of the camp is really starting to kind of to show itself, and we get that like right at the end where we see Jack is Jack is really determined at the end, and he says that you know when, when when Kate says you know do you want to talk about it, and Jack says talk about what. Boone just died. No, Boone. Boone was murdered. And then Jack starts to walk off, and she says, "Where are you going?" To find John Locke. And you start to see this. You start to see this. This. This rift between Locke and Jack, especially. But now everybody is suspicious of Locke because of what's happened. So this is the episode that really, that really, you kind of see that crack really start to form. You see it here and there throughout the previous episodes, but this is the one where you just, you really start to see Locke and Jack at each other. Okay, so the important question then is are you Team Jack or Team Locke? Ooh. Team Scott and Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Team like, Brown and the <laughs> One of them drowned, right? Team, team, team drowning. Yes, drowning. No, in the ocean. I, I don't know. I, I, I've thought about that before, and the problem is that both of them are wrong, um, 
in their in their own rights. Like like Locke, yes, Locke should not have kept anything from them. You know, if he found a hatch, he should never have been going out there with 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 Boone the whole time and and without saying anything to anybody else. Like even not even not even Jack. But I think Jack was wrong too because Jack never confronted Locke about these things. He just kind of sat there. Uh, and even even you see even you even see Sawyer kind of make that snide remark when Kate comes and takes his alcohol. Um, you mean the boar that he just happens to never come back with? And um, and and everybody knows Locke is hiding something, but nobody has done anything about it. And I think that's partially their fault. By the way, did anybody else notice that when that when uh, Sawyer um, uh, offered Jen some food and Jen waved his hand, he didn't have the handcuff on his hand? No, I did, did not, not notice, notice that. that. Yep. And then the <laughs> next scene when he's swinging the axe again, the handcuff is back on. <laughs> A little continuity error. The magic of movie making. <laughs> and, and 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 Kate almost let a. Uh, a, a, a vulgarity word a slip too did you catch that no she was, when was this when, when, when she was running through the woods with the alcohol and she falls and it busts and as she's getting back up she says and, and and she she added the u to it and i'm like oh oh and uh she, she then not in the script i mean i understand but, that that was a dumb move right, right. there but yeah but but yeah, I, I think everybody's starting to see Locke for what Locke is. This this crazy old guy. I hate to say it like that. That it's start it's starting. We're starting to see the rift between the two camps. What do you think? What do y'all uh, What do y'all think about that? Well, I mean, Locke has definitely been playing kind of kind of fast and loose with everybody else's safety. I mean, Lord knows he's uh, he's been pretty hard on Boone, leaving him tied up in the jungle with paste and sending him up into the trees and you know making him lie to his sister and, and see that you know that it's finally kind of caught everything kind of finally catches up with him um, it's his stepsister who he's in love with according to Shannon. <laughs> uh, yeah and i think she kind of picked a weird time to uh drop that bomb on saeed you know when they're making out in the middle of their little romantic date, she drops the, oh, yeah, my uh, my brother isn't really my brother, and he's in love with me. Kind of weird timing, Shannon. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, I get, well, I would, I must say, I think I'm on, I'm on Team Locke here because I know he's, like, this crazy guy who, like, he's made so many decisions negatively affect other people on the island. But at the same time, he's ultimately the one who believes they're there for a reason like he actually wants to do something the rest of them they're gonna wait for the rescue so he, he makes a ton of error judgment keeping secrets in line is usually bad judgment he's usually better off just telling the truth but i do think he is like ultimately the only one who understands like what's going on yeah what their destiny like they need to accept that there is some sort of purpose for for their being so he's he's like he's right, but he's wrong in so many of the ways that he approaches. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we're gonna see a lot of that come out in the next episode about how he approaches things. Um, because remember the next episode is when they have the funeral for, for Boone and Locke shows back up 
um, at the funeral itself, covered in Boone's blood, and calls Boone a hero. And then that's when Locke goes. I mean, Jack goes straight up beast mode um, yeah. on Locke. Great moment. I mean, why? Why wear the bloody shirt? <laughs> right. I just. I wonder how many times total that has happened in real life or on a show where someone shows up in a bloody shirt with the blood of the person often should be in the handbook do not do this yes well what about y'all what other kind of episode moments did you guys have that you kind of uh, really like or just kind of really jumped out well I kind of I kind of like the way the flashback kicked off you know it's just a little little scene but the fact that Jack's best man is is good old Mark Silverman the kid who uh, who is getting beat up and Jack stuck up for him and got himself beat up you know by the bullies and I think you know the first Jack flashback we see and you know that that friendship has you know survives the next you know 30 some years and they you know that's his best man that's kind of just a nice little little callback little little touch um, I, yeah I didn't catch that I didn't know that it was the same same guy but now I, yeah, now I remember I Silverman either. that's pretty yep. cool yeah I, I, didn't Mark Silverman. I feel like that character he's only in it briefly but he's like a stifler wannabe American Pie <laughs> yes totally the vibe I was yes I kept, I kept trying to peg it like the whole time what does he remind me of that's exactly <laughs> who he reminds me of <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is amazing! Oh my, they, oh my! They kind of they kind of play with you in that first scene too, where you first you think Jack's the best man and and Mark's the one getting married, but then they you know they they flip it around and Mark's just nervous to make the speech. So that was kind of a fun little way to start it off. And it makes the fans wonder because now they're wondering like, is Jack still married? Is he not married anymore? Because all we've seen is Jack bearing his father. And now we see Jack is married. So what, you know, if he's not married, what happened? So they're kind of planting those seeds already in your mind as to what happened with Jack and, uh, and, and his, and his woman. So I like the way they're doing that storytelling. Yeah. I think for a pretty straightforward story of someone getting married, like they, they plant a lot of interesting, mysterious seeds. And, and I, I like watching this and seeing Jack's, uh, performance here, uh, because if you you could watch it and totally just take it like for face value and that he's just nervous and he's getting married and he's happy and the story of his marriage but like when you really look closely you're, yeah like you you were saying earlier you just begin to question everything is this guy happy at all like what the heck is on yeah yeah because because he just he, every time you saw him in like the in in the flashbacks he had alcohol somewhere and he just looked depressed you know, he looked, and of course, we come to find out that that is because he was trying to write his vows and that kind of thing. And, and you know, that is a pretty tough thing to do sometimes when you're trying to really figure out, like, the perfect vows to write for your wedding. So, I mean, I, I can give him that. Um, uh, one other thing that I had was that we have, like, the one moment, I think, where we see Christian being, like, a good father to Jack, where Jack is sitting by the pool. And he's and he found he found Sarah's, um, uh, 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 you know her her vows, and he's reading them. And he looks at Jack and says, "Do you love her?" He said, "Absolutely." And 
and in a way he was just simply saying you know tell her then so he, he you see this good father moment between him and her him and uh, him and Jack and I thought that was a good a nice touch from where we see Christian normally the last time we saw him he was <laughs> drunk in a bar in Australia and Jack and him weren't talking yeah I, I think I think later on Christian in they show they show him in the wedding he looked genuinely proud of his son and happy and it's a very weird moment Jack is like pouring his heart out and crying and of course it's good to have those emotions your wedding being open being emotional but it's it's also it plays weird because it's like this is Jack's first time like really being honest in years or whatever he's just like all this is coming out of him and you really tell that he normally bottles just everything up oh great Mm -hmm. so it took you to the moment of your wedding to to really be honest about a few things and probably gonna go back to keeping it bottled up for years (laughs) yeah i i found i personally found that his actual final vows he gives really kind of odd i you know it, it really sounded like and i think you know it was supposed to play that his wife was kind of wondering if he was breaking you know if he was going to call it off there Just the way he started talking about not being good at at letting go really kind of kind of a weird way to approach your vows i mean obviously he you know he brought it around real nice with the um you know you i didn't save you you saved me thing but there for a while, you know, it really kind of seemed like that was going a different way. At least it did to me that he was maybe. Yeah, you know, there's things. there's nothing more romantic than alluding to uh, a whole ton of personal. Just really <laughs> makes you light up. <laughs> it's like basically oh. what he does. And then, you know, oh, you saved me. A hero. <laughs> No, you saved me, really. <laughs> so, so Jack, what what else did y'all have? I was gonna say that a perfect transition to what I wanted to talk about. The moment earlier uh, in the flashback where Sarah says, starts her speech saying, "I zoom in on Jack," and it's like such a sappy moment. It is like if you just take it for what it is it's really corny i feel like because they're just like zooming in on jack he's teary-eyed she's talking about how jack the best ever but i think it's supposed to to be in contrast to what happens at the end where boone dies and fails but i also started thinking and now that we're spoiler free we can talk about like this moment becomes really ironic later when you think like big picture like how jack is the hero my hero seems like such a hero except wife later leaves him Boone several other people die on the island somewhat under then he leaves the island leaves people there attic failure and huge mess kill himself Uh, and then all that before his eventual it yeah yeah and, and and I think it's a good foreshadow of what's coming for Jack. You know, we see Jack in this happy moment, and now uh, he's got this this rough moment coming up soon. But yeah, he 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 again. He it's just a part of that constant need. He feels like he has to play the hero, or he has to fix everything and save everyone. And and 
somebody said this episode, I can't remember who it is. Um, it may have been Sun that said you can't save everyone. Was it Sun that said it? Yeah, I think I think she said that. <clears throat> because you know, because that that's his goal. You know, I promise I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. And then Boonacore says, you know, I'm letting you off the hook. <laughs> and um, but but Sun is somebody else in this episode who who I think really grew a lot as a character that we we see her used more even if it's just kind of a sideline character than we've seen her yet used and I think it was really good um, as far as her growth helping well, Jack yeah it's just nice to have everything. her more involved in the story because before she really could only interact with Jin and Michael now she can interact with the whole cat yeah that was really good. She's already started to build a pretty close relationship with Kate and Jack. A couple episodes. And you start to see her confidence as a character grow too because at the beginning of the series you see her as this, I don't want to say timid, but you see her as this as this, as this woman who wouldn't say a lot when Jen was around, but now she's standing up to Jack. She ripped out the, the you know, the, the, the transfusion tube from Jack's arm and said, he's had, he's, you know, you've given enough. And she's actually learning to step out, which we know eventually later on in the series, Jen becomes pretty ruthless. Not Jen, but Sun becomes pretty ruthless. And, um, and, and, and to see this growth in her now, I thought was, I didn't realize it started all the way back in season one. So this was interesting to me. Yeah. It got, she's got there for a while. She was, you know, I thought she, it kind of came across as she was being really kind of harsh on Jack you know he he's there trying to save you know trying to save Boone and she, you know she's you know obviously doing what she th- what she thinks is best but I, you know I there for a while I was like man son you know son's really kind of giving him a hard time here but obviously she well, was doing what she thought was best yeah that well that's what Jack needs Jack needs someone there to tell him <laughs> to level down and just pump the brakes because Jack is gonna kill himself he's so intense. <laughs> Yeah, you could see the blood like drain out of his body. Like the way they did the makeup for those scenes where he's just sweating, and you saw his like his eyes go backwards into his head, and you started to see the bags from where he had given so much blood. You know, it's it, it they did really good on that. I will say this: me. this is the ultimate cave scene, like all the or caves episode. You know, of all the episodes where the cave is like the main location. This is definitely the most dramatic and the light you know it takes advantage of the fire lighting and the darkness is it honestly the caves there's a reason they get rid of the cave they're kind of it's like because uh, i think I, I heard in a jorge garcia in some that they basically shot at the caves more because they control the environment that was the studio it's actually inside it's not out right and in later seasons they're like you know what we need to have on location, you know, try to do everything on location possible because that's why people love thought. Right. But this seat, this seat, uh, sorry, this episode really does a great job of using the caves and like out in the jungle at night. It just has this different feel to the, to the episode. It's a whole episode, you know, whatever. It takes place over, you could say, like five hours or something. It's not, not that long. Very secret. All continued from the previous 
previous episode and i think the next episode picks up right away as well so it's we have a lot of stuff back to back to back yeah next episode is going to get very intense for sure so it's going to be um it's going to be interesting to see again go back and watch the episode well i think this is where the whole pace of the show picks up Mm -hmm. really this whole episode took place during you know at the same time that the end end of the last episode you know Locke drops Boone off and then he goes and you know he's pounding on the hatch and that and the light lights up we find out you know later on season five those things are happening simultaneously you know when they're traveling through time you know Locke sees sees that light when so when he's banging on the ground and that light comes on two seconds later um you know Sawyer goes and finds Kate giving birth to Aaron. So, you know, the, all these events are happening while Locke is, is pounding on the hatch from the last yeah. episode. So it's really a condensed timeline there. Yeah. And so what else did think, y'all got? Well, uh, just one quick comment on that. When you think about the whole series, like this season takes place over the course of like, was 48 days, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because then in season two, they have the other 48, you know, whatever. It's roughly 40-some days. And then between the next three seasons, only, I think, like, 55 days. No, I guess it would be 60. Anyways, because I know they leave the island on day one away. I guess my point is that um, the deeper into the series we get, the the tighter uh, the pacing gets. Like, there's less... Because a lot of times in season one, it's like you can tell it's a week later or several days later. Like season three, you like have everything's happening at the same time. You have like two characters, this side of the island, two characters. So this is kind of where that starts to happen at this point in, in this season, and especially in season three, seasons three and four. Yeah. Yeah, it's day one oh eight when they when they uh leave on the chopper, pretty sure. Yeah, My brain is I'm full thinking... of all these dumb thoughts. <laughs> you <can> never forget. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know um I'm trying to think because I'm trying to think how many how many days have gone by. It's when they when we get to the um, to the episode's Exodus in my mind. Uh uh-huh, we get arts this season. I forgot we get about arts. Um <laughs> you get some arts on you. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like it's a, of like 43, 40, might be 42. That would be. It, I'm pretty sure they say. The other thing I wanted to talk about, talking about later on at this time, what do you think of like Boone's death? And then, you know, his. Boone is a character on a as a whole, but also like his eventual return season six coming back. I, I liked him coming back in season six. I, I felt, I understood why they allowed Boone to be killed off this early. Um, I hated it because I felt like there was so much potential for this character throughout the rest of the series. I would have been interested to see him in season two and season three. Um, but I also understand why they had to do it. They needed, 
they needed something to push that rift between Jack and Locke. And the only thing that was close enough was Boone. Because, you know, Locke hung around with Boone, but at the same time, Jack looked at Boone as this young kid who just wanted to help, you know, go get as many pens as you can so we can, you know, know, one of those kids. So I think... I think it was appropriate to have him back in the end in in, in season six. Um, I just I do wish we could have had more of him throughout the er, other earlier seasons. What I do kind of wonder is I wonder if the writers, when they started forming the the Lock and Boone friendship, if they knew this was going to be the end. I wonder if if that friendship was formed knowing they were killing him off, or if that's a decision they made. You know. Once they realized they needed to kill somebody off, I just I wonder if that's what they had in mind as to where that story was going to go. I think they did. Well, I, I agree with you, Mike. That we really didn't get nearly enough Boone. Like he didn't really develop enough. I was I was trying to go back and think of like what are the top five Boone moments, and it's kind of hard because like he doesn't really have that many great moments. He's like he's a cool character here and there but and he, he seems like he has all this potential but then he doesn't stick around long enough to really grow out of his shell right like like a character like charlie he gets so much attention early on in the season like he goes through this whole you know drug whatever issue and gets through it and all this stuff so he has a ton of development and i was trying to think who would be the other character that have killed instead and i think charlie would be the only answer charlie clicked so well with the whole crew or uh, cast right even though we knew charlie could get charlie was going to killed anyways of course a lot of people believe the reason they did that is because a lot of the fans said that the creators would never kill off charlie so the creator said okay just you know in a way just <laughs> j- 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 just watch us well um, i also heard that that uh dominic monaghan like wanted to, he was ready. He wanted to leave the show. He felt like there wasn't enough story for Charlie anymore, which was kind of true. Like you can see, there's some points yeah. in season two and three where they're like Charlie. It's like Charlie's already gone through this arc. Uh, they already kind of completed his his redemption arc. Like what what else can they do other than make him go back on drugs, or they have to develop something new? So it would have been interesting to see more of Boone's redemption arc because he didn't really get like a full on completed arc he just abruptly died which is i think the right. point i'm really trying to figure out in my mind who who else could have taken the place of boone as a character that they could have killed off um that would not have had as much of an impact or would have had just amount just the same amount of impact as boone dying um you know I, i'm trying to think here um I'm, I'm looking through this list of people in my mind you know the problem is when you when you look at these people that are on this list, you're all you look at them. They're like every single one of them. It would have been hard to kill off. I mean, you you let's see, you can't kill off Walt. You can't kill off Michael. You can't do um, Claire because Claire just had Aaron. You can't do Charlie, Jack, Kate, Hurley, Jen. Something. I mean, there's just there's nobody that they could have really killed off. Yeah, I think Charlie is the only other potential option. He was such a fan favorite. I love Charlie. Most everybody loves Charlie. So he he was not somebody you're going to kill off. But 
you could say like story-wise like he had kind of already you know had his his big some of his his biggest story moments have already happened happened early in the season oh no and And you also got to kind of wonder if uh you know where the vampire diaries came into that because i you know right after that you know he you know boone goes on to that show and you know really kind of seems like his star kind of takes off after after leaving loss so i don't know if if that was part of the reason why you know they killed him off because he had another job you know i don't remember casting news back no i actually i looked into this a little bit and apparently boone or uh, Ian Salm, Salm, Handel, so some summer holder, holder, however you say Ian, it. Ian, yeah. Ian was planning on buying a house in uh, Why he was already looking, he was you know, planning on moving there, being there full time. And apparently, he found out. I think I remember this correctly. I think he found out like at a party, and like, he was he had had a few drinks, and then he finds out he's gonna die. <laughs> he was not pleased. <laughs> So he wanted to yeah. be a star on that show, and I, and I, you know, he did rise in stardom, being on Vampire Diaries. But I guarantee you that lost way more viewers than Vampire Diaries. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we're talking about death, but also in this episode we have life. You know, the, the whole theme is, uh, you know, the whole analogy has always been with death there is new life. You know, so we we have death, and obviously we have Claire, who gives birth to. A boy. We don't know the name yet. Of course, we know it's Aaron. Um, but Claire gives gives birth. I love this scene with when Charlie gets there and she's starting to scream because she's you know she's pushing and he he starts to want to go over there and see her and Jen kind of holds it back and is like no, don't 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 go over there, buddy. Like listen, this is that's not where you want to be right now. <laughs> it seems like Jen is still kind of, you know kind of the old school. The you know the dad waits in the waits in the waiting room while the mom gives birth. Seems like he's still kind of you know that that generation of guy that yeah you don't belong in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a good moment to have him involved though. Bring closer with those other five. You don't need to speak the same language to understand what's going on. It was it was so funny. It's always funny to me that when he like leans down when Charlie is talking to Kate and he and Jen leans down to Claire and is just talking to her in Korean and Claire's just like I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're telling me. <laughs> I I thought this was a, a really good episode for Jen. I like the fact that he was able to you know put aside whatever you know all the anger he has about son speaking English. He was able to put all that aside when he re, you know. He's trying to help out, you know, one of the other survivors. You know, he sees Claire going through labor. So at that point, communicating with Jack is more important than, you know, the fact that he's angry that his, you know, that his wife learned English without telling him. So I thought that was a good moment for Jen that, you know, he that they were able to communicate for the greater good. And he was able to go and help as best he could. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where... You can have fights in in family or friends, but when something serious, someone's health is on the line, then everybody comes back together and kind of like let go of their other baggage they have. You can start yeah. to see that happen with Jen here. Yeah. Well, anything else you guys got before we kind of give our overall thoughts on the episode? You know, like overall the 
the scene of, of the birth of Aaron and the death of Boone. They're, they're like really well done emo- emotional scenes, but I really don't have a lot to say about it. Just the, it was a heck of an experience with the first seed episodes. And I think, I think there's still a good episode or it's still a good episode, you know, to watch, uh, but there's not a lot to really break down. Right. You had somebody die. You had somebody born. I mean, it's just not, it's not a lot to, to really break down for sure. Well, I mean, to, to me, I, I can't see the Kate delivering Claire's baby though, without, you know, going into, you know, a little bit of spoiler future mode and you know, that the fact that Kate ends up raising Aaron, I mean, you know, it's just, it's kind of interesting the way that all played out that, you know, Kate ended up having to deliver the baby and then she ends up being the one who, you know, who raised him through a, you know, circumstances they couldn't have predicted at this, at this point. But I do think it's kind of interesting that, that Kate did deliver the baby. Um, and I also really like the thought that the whole time that scene was going on, uh, you know, Sawyer was just on the other side of the trees over there watching. Future Sawyer was, you know, right there watching and, you know, kind of a, yeah. a fun little, little tie yeah, in there. Bit- and poor and poor poor Hurley, man. He had to sit there and hear the scream with like <laughs> like when they reset the leg and then I like 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 when Boone first gets brought there, Jack's talking to Hurley and he looks at Hurley and says, Don't you dare faint on me, Hurley. <laughs> that was a great moment. <laughs> and then poor Hurley's like hearing all that screaming and that kind of thing. And while all this is going on, you know, Shannon and Saeed have no idea what's going on because they're out on this nice beachfront picnic, you know, that he had planned and and uh, just to get alone with her and that kind of thing. And, you know, he didn't have any expectations, hopes, but no expectations. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, he, you know, it, it was interesting. And then, of course, Jack was the one who had to deliver news when they got back from their wonderful evening together. Yeah, I, so. I feel like in an alternate timeline, Shannon and Saeed are happy Boone doesn't die, and he later, you know, kind of let the water, water under the bridge, and and uh, the three of them are all friends and kick mass in the jungle or something together. But yeah, not in this reality. No, not in this one. I will say one last point about uh, about Boone and like his popularity. It's inter- he's like such a uh, I don't know. He's I mean, he is a main character. He serves more as one of the more minor main characters that makes any sense and then i feel like the total craze about characters returning in season six like the majority of the the passion was on seeing boone return it was like we want to see boone playing like like that was he was definitely the most the character people were most excited to see you know see that actor back and then he's in it like a very small amount barely but it was cool to see him i can't believe we didn't get any more nikki and paulo in season six no there would have been riots on the street so oh my anyways that's all i have to say i think all right anything else last things from you steven no i think that i think that about covers it all right wait 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 hold on sorry oh boy i've remembered one last thing i just wanted to point out uh the life and death theme which is 
the song we hear at the end of this episode, which, in my opinion, the Beautiful. best part of this episode was is the the montage at the end. You know, after yeah. you know, while Boone dies and the baby being born, and various little scenes there, uh, and just a little bit of trivia. So the life and death theme is the one everybody would recognize, and it's the very emotional song that plays. And basically, it becomes the theme song for Lost. Like after this is the first time we hear it, but if you watch, like it's played over and over again in season six. A lot of times, the characters die, and I, I feel like it becomes the main score of like the beats. First oh yeah. This episode. And Michael Giacchino is an absolute genius um, in, in in his writing for sure, because I think it fit the scene perfectly. Um, and everything, all all the music it seems to have, you know, even when they're tramping through the jungle, heading to the radio tower, you know, later on this season, you hear the 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 marching kind of a music. So he he does a great job, and yeah, this life and death seems to become the, it does seem to become the main theme of the show, for how it's run, for sure. So Stephen, give me fifteen to sixteen seconds of your overall thoughts on this episode. This was a, a really good episode. Obviously, the first major death, um, you know, accompanied by the the moment you know we'd all been waiting for, you know, the baby finally being born. Just you know, really good episode. Um, solid backstory about Jack. Um, oh yeah, just all around, all around good episode. Sweet. And uh, Corey, how about you? I would say that this is a critical episode for Lost as a series, and it really is a major plot point for for the characters uh, in the remainder of their time on the island. And then it's also a great it does a great job of foreshadowing the arc of Jack, his, his rise, downfall, everything trying to fix everything. So great episode. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great episode. This is the episode where I think things really start getting. Um, it's like if the plane was taking off on the last episode, they got off the ground and put the wheels in on this episode. And this is where it gets really, really quick and really heavy for till for like the rest of the season. Um, so I was really, I was really pleased with this one. It's one of, one of my, one of my, one of my, you know, kind of go to episodes and one of the memorable episodes of the of the show. Um, so. It was good. Uh, let's rate this thing then. All right. So um, I'll just start off. I'm going to give it 21 out of 23. Uh, urchin needles. Sea urchin need needles. Uh, it's not a perfect episode, but it is one of those ones that, to me, if it's a 21 or 22, it's a memorable one, and uh, it's a good episode. So, Corey, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to go slightly lower, but still high. I'm going to give it 20 out of 21 urchin needles. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. And, of course, uh, Yoshino brings it all home at the end, so just leaves you feeling very emotional. Hitch in the feels. Hitch in the feels right. is what it does. Uh, Steven! Come on, uh, what gave, you got? I gave this one 19 out of 23 urchin needles. Um... Again, nothing, nothing wrong with the episode. Good episode. Uh, you know, 19, still pretty high score. But I, 
you know, I think sometimes I enjoy maybe a little bit more lighthearted episode, and this was definitely not a lighthearted episode. But, no. So I don't know if it was the most enjoyable to watch, but it, it was certainly a, a very good episode. Um, even I, you know, I still kind of would have liked to have known how you know if it would have actually amputating his leg if that would have actually worked i'm I'm always gonna wonder could jack have pulled that one off i don't know if he could have because (laughs) because even son said you know it's 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 useless because he's all messed up on the inside (laughs) well he may have died anyway i'm just curious if that thing would have chopped the guy's leg off and how he would have stopped the bleeding at that point or got or got or got (laughs) stuck you know oh yeah it's terrible sounding (laughs) And so, yeah, I remember watching it. I really thought they were going to do it, but but they did not. Yeah, no. <laughs> when I was rewatching this episode, I was like, "Wait, I don't remember that happening." Like, oh, they're really going <laughs> to cut off his leg? I totally forgot about this. Like, that's crazy. And then, of course, and they that don't. seems like a very that seems like a very OSHA unsafe uh, cargo <laughs> hold. I'm just I'm just saying, somebody somebody's going to hold an OSHA. Well. Basically, after this episode, they had to put a sticker on the rest of all of those things that say, do not use this to amputate leg. Oh, man. I wonder how many people went to one of those, though, afterwards and tried to like put, put, put like a piece of log under there and tried to like shove it <laughs> shut real quick to see if it, uh, if it chopped the log. Man. So I also heard, I, I read on, in some article, like, but that Salma Handel, or get that name, was was just like really PO'd about getting written off the show and then he had to come in and do this episode and he just like basically laid there. He didn't even really want any lines. They gave him these lines. He was not having it. And I don't know, maybe yeah. you can see that in some of his, his performance in the end there. I'm not sure. Maybe that's unfair to say, but uh, I guess this whole episode where he's having to act, he was just not but really angry that they <laughs> got rid of him which i can understand yeah <laughs> just shows how important the show was to not just the viewers but everybody who was involved in making it too mm-hmm. absolutely well steven end us out here man all right we we have sawyer's name dictionary yeah sawyer wasn't in this episode too much but we did get a couple nicknames we got he called claire mamacita and he called Jen Kato. And there's um, not many freckle counts still. Yeah, he still hasn't sti- said freckles enough. We're still stuck on five, but uh, something tells me that'll pick up, you know, before too long. Um, oh, yeah. Then we have some pop culture connections. Um, obviously, uh, the from the name of the episode, we've got the the pre- primum non nocer, the episode title refers to that phrase widely assumed to be part of the Hippocratic Oath um, while it actually does not appear there it refers to an important rule for physicians to always consider whether any sort of treatment can harm a patient it notably applies to Jack's disregard for this rule in general he tends to try to save his patients no matter the cost the title is in fact taken word for word from the first of three tenets of the Methodist faith authored by John Wesley Hmm. Um, another connection we got the Green Hornet when Sawyer calls Jen Cato Cato is a character from this TV series from 1966 and 67 Cato is played by Bruce Lee 
um, who Sawyer has also called Jen Bruce. So uh, apparently he just really relates those those two characters. Um, Star Trek, when Jack confides in his father before the, his wedding that he is having difficulty writing his vows, Christian responds that you're a doctor, not a writer. This is a reference to the famous catchphrase of Dr. Leonard H. McCoy from Star Trek. Hmm. And that Heart and Soul, which is the song that uh, Jack and Sarah played on the piano. The original 1938 version was performed by Larry Clinton and his orchestra featuring B. Wayne. This tune is very easy to play on a piano and commonly played between two people side by side, as it was by Jack and Sarah. All right. Well, the next episode, uh, some promises are made, some people are found, some fights ensue. Um, on the greater good, it's Saeed centric. I believe this is the episode where Shannon um, makes Saeed promise to kill Boone. No, I mean promise to kill Locke. I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's what happened. Yeah. I think this is yeah. actually an underrated episode. This is typically pretty low board episode. It's it's one of those transitional episodes that starts to set up the the finale, and uh, but I I like this episode. Like it, oh, it's yeah. a good conflict between Saeed and Locke. You don't get that much uh, Locke and Saeed together, though. So. Right. So it was good, but uh, in closing, you could follow us uh, on Twitter at RetroZapped, out uh, Lost Rewatch Pod. You can follow me at the DC Fanboy and uh, Stephen. Where can folks find you on the Twitter realm? I am at Lucky Thirteen Steve on Twitter. And Corey, what about you? Where can folks find you? You guys can find me at Original Mav. All right. And if you don't just want to find us on Twitter, you can find us on the RetroZap Discord. Uh, go to RetroZap.com for more details. And while you're there, check out all the articles, posts, the other podcasts, and our T Public Store as well. Well, anything else, guys, before we uh, close the hatch store and uh, head on out? Bye bye, Boone. All right. Bye-bye, Boone, and hello, Aaron. (laughs) The circle uh, of life. (laughs) Oh, please. Okay, Steven's going to start singing, y'all. We need to close this podcast out. So, uh, (laughs) No, uh, it's been good, guys. And uh, until next time, we'll uh, we'll catch you back on Previously on Lost. Peace out. Bye.